Well, hello everyone and welcome to Marking the Roll, a podcast for teachers and increasingly a podcast for parents to know what's happening in education systems in Australia and it's seemingly around the world. My name is Phil Dye. I'm an ex-teacher and a journalist and have an avid interest in education. This episode, we were going to look at the higher school certificate and the equivalent in all the other states. But there's been such massive movements on the East Coast where the public school teachers and the Catholic teachers have joined together for strike action to take place on the 30th of June. This hasn't happened since 1996. There is such disillusion in public school teachers and now in the Catholic system. We have to donate this episode to that. But last week's episode was on inclusion, which was an uncomfortable discussion. It was the elephant in the room, really, as far as education goes, that um, state governments everywhere, and indeed governments around the world, are moving to the inclusivity model of education, which means all students are educated in mainstream schools, no matter what their intellectual capabilities or physical capabilities are. Now, I made it very clear in the podcast that physical disability is not a barrier to being educated in a mainstream school. Even some intellectual disabilities aren't a barrier either. Uh, Cerebral palsy need not be an intellectual disability at all. But the feedback from last week really... Um, revolved around how uh, disability is branded as one large area. But instead of that, we should be dividing the concept into smaller sub-areas. And one email I received was that there is physical disability, there is physical disability with an intellectual disability attached, and there are mental health issues. All of that comes under the banner of disability, but all of those three things are very, very different. Physical disability, obviously fine in a mainstream school. Physical disability with an intellectual disability may well be okay in a mainstream school or may not be. Then there's the idea of um, mental health diagnosis and severe mental health diagnosis like bipolar or extreme bipolar, like oppositional uh, behaviour, like um, violent behaviour or aggressive behaviour. And the email stated that some of those mental health issues and indeed some of the intellectual disabilities are not suitable for a mainstream school. But most of the family advocacy groups were for students with physical disabilities, which was just fine. Um, But there were certain family advocacy groups for uh, students with um, autism, for example. Now, autism can cover all three of those groups, physical disability, physical disability with intellectual disability, and then mental health. So there needs to be a division. Rather than put everyone in the same big paddock, No, that's not how it is, and that's not how it is in the real world either. We have to look at those separate divisions and what is best for them. 
Also, along the same lines, I had a caller call in and she didn't want to be recorded for the podcast and um, said that, that, that we speak of special needs, but it, there needs to be more nuance around that, that special needs can mean absolutely anything. And we have to actually um, look at that and divide it up. And perhaps that email regarding the three categories could come in handy. Had another text message too, asking um, whether gifted and talented classes were actually a form of uh, discrimination. And that led me to think, well, maybe streaming classes is a form of discrimination. And every school has streamed classes and it makes it easier for the teacher to get the best out of those students. Well, if we look at it in the way that the um, policies are going, streaming is discriminatory. And a gifted and talented class is discriminatory. So if we're going to discriminate in that way, or I'd prefer to say differentiate in that way, then it should be fine to differentiate amongst the special needs community, divide those special needs into three or four different categories, and teach those students in different classes or different areas of a school, or entire different schools. It would seem that the ideologues, those who are making the policies in nearly every state in Australia, have no experience in schools. Uh, they simply have experiences in the ideology, and they are writing policies, and they're expecting teachers and principals to implement those. Um, and this is the big problem. As regular listeners to this podcast had know, I tried to get on to Laura Milkins from the Department of Education and Training. She was the person who was responsible for writing the behaviour, inclusion and restrictive practices uh, policies, um, but she couldn't talk to me. And I've realised that's because she wasn't a teacher and she has no experience in education. Uh, then the media person tried to find a teacher, had trouble doing that, but eventually found Sylvia Koresh, um, who tries to really tread both sides of the fence. Um, you could tell that she was in favour of special schools, but she was a little bit guarded in making that um, so clear. Lynn McDougall, of course, from Tasmania, was the absolute ideologue and put ideology well before um, teaching quality in schools. And her position is that all students should be in mainstream schools and in mainstream classes. How ridiculous is that? Received another text from Brian, a school principal, who said that, and I'll read it out. It said, it's fine to Sylvia Koresh to talk about giving support to schools. That support comes in the form of money for us to employ specialist teachers. But there's no specialist teachers out there to employ. Okay, good point, Brian. Great to get the money, but you can't employ people because there's no people out there to, to actually do the job. So the idea of support really falls flat, doesn't it? Perhaps last week's episode can be nicely rounded off with a message we received from Edwina. I listened to the whole podcast last week, but the bit that really got to me was the male teacher at the end. I was actually tearing up at the end when he said that he couldn't give time to the little girl. It dawned on me that there is no winners in all of this. The special needs kids are missing out. 
the ordinary kids are missing out and the teachers are missing out on being able to teach properly. It's a disaster. And I think that sentiment would have been shared by many listeners last week. Now, back to today's topic, the emergency topic, which really is the massive movement on the East Coast in New South Wales, where public school teachers have been joined by teachers from the Catholic system in striking on Thursday the 30th of June. This is the first time since 1996 that there's been a combined strike for better conditions, less administration and better wages. Our research indicates that uh, less administrative work uh, ranks higher than better wages. Actually also does... Uh, less abuse by students. In other words, policies that uh, ensure better behaviour by students rank above better wages, which is pretty amazing. I thought it was best to start off this section with a comment from a parent. So what are your thoughts on on the teacher strike next week? Yeah, to be honest, this is the first I've heard of it. Um, But... My sister's a teacher, my dad's a teacher, my mum was a teacher. Um, I know that my sister has it pretty hard right now. I think there's a lot of work. She's definitely under a lot of stress, um, especially the admin th- side of things. I think it's a lot worse these days than it used to be. Uh, so, look, I'm all in favour of the strike. Uh, if that's what they need to do to get what they need to be um, appreciated, you know, financially as well as all the other E's, uh, yeah, then go for it. Your sister, who's a teacher, mm. she's been saying this to you that, you know, she's under a lot of stress oh, about she's the whole, just, whole thing. Over she's it. constantly under pressure and under yep. stress and freaking out. And, um, you know, you see how much work they put in. Um, basically, their life's on hold during term. And yep. holiday's kind of the only time they can actually live, yep. which isn't cool. That's no. not fair. No, that's not cool at all. And you might think, well, one parent does not represent the mass of parents, and no, indeed it doesn't. But here's another. I think it's really great that teachers from both public and Catholic schools are coming together to strike because it's evident that they're some of the most important workers in our society. They look after our children, they educate generations of children, and they're saying very clearly that the conditions are not up to scratch that people don't have what they need they're not well resourced there's not enough teachers and it's really time that the New South Wales state government does something about it so I really support the strike and you know even though parents have been you know we're all working as well and tested by homeschooling over the last few weeks a few years but still even so I'm you know happy to keep my child home to support the teachers in you know really making a case for the important job they do with our kids. Absolutely. Fantastic. And um, how have you found um, your daughter's education is um, over the last couple of years? Do you feel like it's it's been suffering because of um, just the classroom environment and what teachers are expected to do these days? I've, I've really seen that teachers are stretched I don't, I don't necessarily think her education's been suffering. I think so many teachers really care so much about what they do that they, they put all their energy into making sure the kids are okay. But I can see that the administrative burden of working in public schools, I don't know as much about Catholic schools, but is just so heavy on teachers and that that's just been increasing year after year. And we want them to be able to focus on delivering quality teaching, not be overburdened with that sort of administrative load. And and that's all about understaffing. If it's properly staffed, then 
they wouldn't be in that situation. Yes, it seems parents are very familiar with the issues that are facing teachers these days. And, you know, parents vote. Um, And uh, parents are not silly. They know that when teachers are lacking, their children are lacking. Their children aren't getting the best when the teachers aren't being um, provided with the, the tools and the environment that they need to teach well in. I managed to speak with Henry Rajendra, Vice President of the New South Wales Teachers Federation, about the industrial action that will occur next week. Henry, a strike in New South Wales has been called for next Thursday. It's the first time that uh, public schools and Catholic schools have come together on this. What's the main reasons for it? Well, this is the first time they've come together since 1996. And and fundamentally, it's because the Premier of New South Wales has failed uh, to address the teacher shortages that are plaguing uh, the profession right across New South Wales. Uh, The Premier knows uh, what's causing the teacher shortages. It's the Department of Education's own information uh, that he has in front of him. And if you know the causes, you definitely know what the solutions are. Uh, the uncompetitive nature of teachers' salaries and their crippling workload uh, are forcing teachers out of the profession and are not attracting enough teachers to the profession. They need to address those two fundament- fundamental matters if we have any chance of, of making sure that we have a qualified teacher in front of every classroom right across New South Wales. Right. And look, our research indicates that while salaries is number three on the list, the overwhelming administrative load is number one. Both Sylvia Koresh from DET and Paul Martin from Nessa have stated on this podcast that they're doing everything they can to decrease the amount of paperwork. Do you see any evidence of that? Uh, no. Um, uh, and fundamentally, this is a this is an issue that requires the government to intervene. Yes, there are issues around the incredible amount of administrivia, uh, the paperwork, but also teachers require um, additional time to plan their lessons. Um, teaching has become far more complex. We know more about our students than ever before, and that requires time so that we can modify, adjust our teaching and learning programs, work with each other to make sure that we can get um, to, to the point where we're meeting the needs of all students. The current workload is crippling and it's only making the job harder. And of course, our kids miss out. Now, I realise many listeners will be thinking this is a bit of a one-way conversation, that we're getting the views of the Teachers' Federation, we're getting the views of some parents, sometimes my view. But I have asked the Minister for Education, Sarah Mitchell, to come on the podcast several times. Her last reply, or the reply from her secretary, was that she does not do interviews on these sorts of programs, whatever that is. So I have given the opportunity for the Education Minister, to come on. It's just that she won't do it. Anyway, it's time for a brain break. And this episode's brain break comes from a duo called Jossian. It can uh, made up of Joss C, who plays uh, his vocals and guitar, and Bruce C, backing vocals and percussion. And there's some great tracks. And this first track, I think, is a beauty. Jossian is based in the Illawarra and this track is called Earth Song. Yes, she don't lie when she lets out a 
get hurt by now you haven't learned to respect the one that's been protecting you from the sun Provide you with water, you gotta love it like a daughter Observing care, let go possessions, obsessions. Just learn from my lessons. Cause reality abides when she turns out the lights. Cause she's dying, she's crying, she's trying to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's dying, she's crying, she's trying to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. When you mess with the earth, generations forever cursed She's fighting back, erratic systems on the attack She won't be forced into submission by a hand that won't listen She release all we fear when she sheds the tear Ooh, bringing out the big guns Cause we've been tearing at her lungs She'll correct our imbalance was too much of a challenge She won't be swayed by a token gesture As it won't get back and fester Unless we truly change We won't ease her aching pains Cause she's dying, she's crying She's trying to tell you the truth Yeah, yeah Oh, she's dying, she's crying She's trying to tell you the truth By the ruthless and the old Stuck in their ways The earth, the fiery blaze We just tune in We know where to begin She's stronger than we think Soon it'll be us on the brink Us on the brink Nuclear fusion It's all an illusion Just an energy source Drone is all of course Yeah, we're teetering on the edge of our Righteous ledge, minor And that was Illawarra group Jossian, J-O-C-E-A-N, with Earth Song. Just look them up on Spotify. They've got some, some great songs on that. OK, time to hear a little bit more from Henry Rajendra, the Vice President of the New South Wales Teachers Federation, about the industrial action happening at the end of June. Uh, Henry, our research also says that only 60% of teachers have, have even looked at the new policies of behaviour, inclusion, and restrictive practice. Our concern is that when that comes out later this year, teachers are going to walk away in their thousands. Is that anywhere on the Federation's table at the moment? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the Department of Education, the government's um, student behaviour strategy um, is absolutely flawed. Uh, it's an abrogation of the responsibility of the government and the department to put more onto schools uh, when, in effect, the Department of Education should be doing more. 
with respect to the student behaviour strategy, what we've always called for, and I know parents want this as well, is that we want calm and settled learning environments. We want to make sure that schools have the authority to deal with unruly behaviour and also intervene as early as possible to make sure that all students are supported. Unfortunately, uh, what has been put forward by the Department of Education are tighter restrictions and, and limiting the capacity of schools to indeed um, uh, work towards that settled learning environment and um, and without any further without the necessary support it's a failed policy it's certainly on our radar and you're quite right uh, many teachers have told us um, that should this come in they're going to question whether they want to continue in the profession we don't want anyone to leave um, in fact we want, what we want is the government to to work with the union work with the profession um, and develop sound policy that's in the interest of everybody it seems at the moment that the ideologues uh, ruling the roost in the Department of Education and NESA, and not just in New South Wales, all over the country. So in some ways, we need to put the cleaners through this this bureaucracy um, in order to make for a better education system. Uh, would you agree to that? Oh, clearly, um, it's, 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 it's a fact. Uh, the leadership of the Department of Education is bereft of anyone, of anyone with qualifications, um, experience, um, and indeed any any experience of leading and managing schools. These are critical factors um, because if you were to have that kind of leadership, the Department of Education, within the Department of Education's leadership, um, it will allow you to better engage and be on the same page as the profession and work with the profession. But regrettably, what we've got uh, are people that do not have that experience but telling us how to do our jobs. And that is, that is so unfortunate and, and no one wins uh, in circumstances like we have now. And that was Henry Rajendra, Vice President of the New South Wales Teachers Federation, talking about the industrial action that's going to take place on June 30th by public school and Catholic school teachers. Now, if you're thinking that this education problem is limited just to New South Wales, well, you're wrong with that. It's an Australian concern and it's an international concern. Nearly every country in the world is having problems in maintaining their teacher numbers. Teachers are leaving the profession a lot of the time because of um, the abuse that they put up from students. And in America, um, that's most certainly the case. But uh, in other countries, it's a financial matter. It's an administrative matter. And it's also a fact that they can get jobs elsewhere that pay pretty good money. In Australia, Monash University did a study of about two and a half thousand um, primary and secondary teachers and amazingly found that half of them were planning to resign within the next 12 months. Now, that's pretty incredible. If that represented the entire teaching service in Australia, we'd be in for a big problem. In other countries, it's not just the admin work and it's not just the abuse and it's not just the salary. In America, it's because certain states are looking at teachers carrying guns in the classroom. Uh, now, in states like Texas, where there's open carry, and open carry means that you can actually show your gun when you walk down the street, then teachers are really compromised with this. Trying to teach um, tolerance, understanding in a classroom where you carry a gun is 
very, very difficult. Thankfully, in Australia, we're not up to that stage. And I hope we we never are up to that stage. Now, it's around about 4.30 on the Wednesday afternoon, where they've just um, announced the teacher strike for the 30th. I've just heard from a source that perhaps that strike may not go ahead, mainly because of the support of the Catholic Teachers Association, that the Independent Teachers Association supporting the public school teachers is a bit of a first. It hasn't happened for a long, long time, and this is carrying quite a bit of weight. So um, just, I guess, uh, watch this space, listen to this space. Now it's time for another brain break from Jossian, and this is their song, Course Correction. And just wanna have my say, but all these damn thoughts are getting in my way. Self doubt, it's all about push it away. I let them all go to make some space. Book confidence back in its place. Lord, raise me up from disgrace. Bring some grace to this place. Help me turn this life around. Keep it from sinking further underground. Cause I think my mind's in deep trouble. Yeah, I'm cold. Endless, endless struggle, yeah, I'm trapped in this little bubble with three damn things that I can't seem to juggle. So please, love, won't you deliver me a course correction? Cause I'm in need of some form of divine deflection. My life ain't been headed in the right direction, oh no, I'm in need of your divine intervention. 
And that was Jossian with Course Correction there from the Illawarra. You can look them up on Spotify or wherever you get your music. Now, coming to the end of Episode 8 of Marking the Roll. Episode 8, this is the last of this series. We start um, another series come third term. Um, so there's eight episodes in every series. This particular episode was meant to be on the higher school certificate um, and equivalent in other states but unfortunately with the um, strike action that's been planned by Catholic and public school teachers in New South Wales we decided we'd better cover that one instead. What hasn't been mentioned much though in all of this is the lack of students wanting to go to university to be a teacher. Now through COVID, through teacher shortages, through having to have their lessons in a playground with 60 other students. Um, What student would want to go into university to be a teacher? It just doesn't make sense, does it? And careers advisors from all over Australia are saying that very few students are wanting to go into teaching. Here's careers advisor, Christine Wilkinson from the Central Coast. At the moment, as a careers advisor, there are no students in Year 12 who are wishing to go into teaching. Oh dear. And we know what that means. It means that the universities will be accepting more and more students uh, on a very, very low ATAR, or as is increasingly the case, with no ATAR at all. So things aren't looking that positive for the teaching profession. And as I said before, if this is happening in Australia, it's happening across the world. Now, just before we go, we've made it easier for you, the listener, to communicate with us. If you have an email, you just email markingtherole at gmail.com. Yep, markingtherole at gmail.com. And don't forget that role is spelt R-O-L-E. If you're in Australia, you can also just ring us and leave a message 0481 574 494. 0481 And we'd really appreciate it if you could follow us on your Spotify or your Apple or your iHeartRadio um, to make sure that you get reminded when new episodes come online. You can also follow us on Facebook, just search for Marking the Roll, or Twitter, um, and um, you can communicate with us via that social media. This has been Episode 8. We're going to have a short break and come back in a few weeks with Episode 1 of Series 2. Thank you all so much for listening. This podcast has had far more success than we ever dreamed it would have. Um, We've got well over 2,000 listeners now, and um, that really is incredible. Thank you all 
so much and hopefully you'll be listening in series two. See you then. Mm-hmm.